Welcome to Top 5, a show where we click, we flip, we read, we scan, we devour. We slam. Yeah, we could slam, I suppose. Like a poetry slam. Yes. Dark. Yeah. Darkness. Ever dark. Inky. Blackness. Business suddenly, man. A suddenly splash of color. I laugh. Splash. This week on Top 5, web comics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you see what I did there? It's my it's my poetry slam on web comics. Five web comics that we uh, doesn't have to rhyme. A poetry rhymes. No, it does not rhyme. That's the law. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's why. Uh, Don't do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say haiku, man. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was gonna say such a. Uh, Poetry classes as he who smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, top five web comics. I think this was suggested by one of our readers. Uh, wanted to know what web comics we are writing and uh, reading, and possibly uh, do a top five on it. So here you go, dear listener. Top five web comics. My number five is um, one that's been out for a couple of years. It's written by Ryan Somer, the uh, same guy that does. Uh, um, like I could give a darn or whatever that the uh, least I could the do. least I could do, uh, which I still really enjoy that that series. But <laughs> like I could give a darn. <laughs> <laughs> well, because if you go to their That's website, it's licd dot com. Uh, <laughs> that, that is Steven Steven's web comic right there, man. Oh, man. Licd uh, least I could do. Uh, written by Ryan Somer, but he what he does is he gets, and I think this comes out now twice a week. It used to come out three times a week. Um, but he gets a different artist to do the art for the piece. And what it is, it's uh, essentially a, a editorial cartoon about something going on in the comic book industry. And no topic is verboten. No company is protected. Um, you want to see Ross Ritchie get slammed over at Boom Studios. If you want to see DC get poked fun at left and right. If you want to see Kirkman going on a tirade. You can f- <laughs> well, that's what he does. And I think that's whenever Kirkman appears in the gutters. That's the book I'm talking about or the webcomic I'm talking about. The gutters um, over at the hyphen gutters dot com. When Kirkman appears, I think the only thing he says most of the time is Kirkman yelling at the top of his voice. Kirkman! Yes. And it's and it's good stuff. It's uh, really, really good stuff. If you are into the comic book industry and you know what's going on behind the scenes, um, the commentary is awesome. Really, really good. That's my number five. The gutters. Uh, let's swing over to Rodrigo. Hello. 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 All right. So um, my. Uh my list is going to have some comics that uh, I may not have checked in a long time. Okay. Because I'm pretty bad okay. at keeping up with my web comics. There was a moment in my life when I was pretty good at it, but that went away. Like, I basically at some point got too busy to check web comics, and I've just kind of never gone back. And now I just kind of sporadically check back with things. Sure. Um, my number five is a comic that's very popular right now. Um, called The Oatmeal. Now, The Oatmeal uh, has uh, such great uh, things like Homeless Man versus Your Cat, um, The the Mother Effing Pterodactyl, mm-hmm. um, Christopher Columbus Was Awful, uh, and of course, um, 
is very well known for being a big fan of Nikolai Tesla, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm sure Stephen would be into. And in fact, yep. in fact, well, he did the uh, Kickstarter or Kickstarter or Indiegogo right. or whatever the campaign was. But I helped fund that quite a bit in uh, Let's right. Build a to, Damn Tesla Museum. Right, right. So um, pretty unusual sense of humor. Good times. Um, the a lot of he does a lot of infographics and has a lot of uh, like is, is actually good at doing infographics and could mm-hmm. potentially do them professionally for companies. Yep. Um, and, and and very well made. I don't know, but uh, yeah, my uh, number five, the oatmeal, which you can find at the oatmeal, all one word, no underscores or anything. Theoatmeal.com. There you go. Yeah, the Tesla thing. I was really happy to support that. Um, okay, Matthew, what do you have as your number five? My number five is kind of an anomaly for me in that it, I wasn't introduced to it in webcomic format. But when I actually was introduced to it, I was like, oh, this is great. I need more of this. And to this day, if you go in my bathroom, there's a little box in the back full of reading material. And amongst that reading material are a couple of collections. Um, one of them, of course, my favorite is PVP Reloaded, which is yeah, yeah. a Matrix joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually take the time in the beginning of the book to point out right, it's a Matrix joke. And we know this is going to be really dated in a year or two, but I wanted to make it because it was a good joke. So I somehow got tripped to the fact that this was appearing as an online comic. And I went and I started from the beginning. And it's really fascinating to do just a huge archive dive on PvP. Yeah, definitely. Because you see there are several points in the story where the art has changed and it just suddenly changes. Mm-hmm. There's one wonderful transition that I still love, the point where they've been talking about moving, they've been talking about moving, we're going to move, and then they, one day the cartoon just comes up, and Skull the Troll, by the way, one of the characters of Troll, comes out, pulls down a new background, and says, ahem, we're in Seattle now, mm-hmm. and walks off. That's that day's comic. Yeah. What's what's really fascinating about PvP is that it it follows along so closely with Kurtz's life and things that he's that's going on in his life. Mm-hmm. And um, leading up to that change, he was, I think, already already up in Seattle. And so he was working with the Penny Arcade guys. And I forget which one. Gabe or Tycho was showing him how to use the drawing tablet in a different way. And that's how his style evolved into the style now. And he chronicles it talking about these are the things that I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And then boom, it appears in the comic. It's really cool. Yeah. And there's, there's a really, really great sequence of things that happens in the early portions of that book. And throughout, you know, throughout the, the storytelling, you'll see things pop up and then they'll kind of snowball into something completely different. But what always sticks with me are moments where something that makes perfect sense happens. You're like, I never saw that coming. There's no way that anyone could really think that up. And then it happens. And yeah, of yeah. course, you know, one of the big ones of those is the reveal of Lolbat's real oh, identity. I was, I was going to say, have you ever read Lolbat's? Because that is the my Lol favorite. I love the running gag where all of a sudden they're jumping the general Lee over something. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know what that's about. I've never read the origin or I can't remember reading the origin of why pandas hate Brent Sienna, but I love the fact that for several years, whenever someone would say or mention Panda, a Panda would leap out of the, the, <laughs> the bushes or behind the whatever. And yeah, there was one that apparently lived in the walls at PVP headquarters. And you'd say, where'd you get this Chinese food? Panda walk. 
<laughs> the panda would attack Brent Sienna. It, and sometimes the jokes would go too long. And at that point, I love them more because you know it's not funny, mm-hmm. but you're bound and determined, and you can feel Kurt's being bound and determined to keep beating this dead horse until the damn joke is funny again. Right. And so often it works. Yeah. 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 It's it's an interesting an interesting series, and the fascinating parts about it are the way that he deals with certain bits and pieces of tropey storytelling. Mm-hmm. He'll completely just defang all of these silly tropes and play with them and mess around with things. It's really fun. I'm not such a big fan of the point where the storytelling became about uh, Skull's D&D game. Mm -hmm. But I think that that spun off into its own. Yeah, that spun off into Table Titans. Yes, which is not on my list. Yeah, you might want to check it out. Uh, PvP Online is where you can find Matthew's number five. Which brings us to our number fours, and number four is one that is no longer done, uh, no longer being updated, though I am trying to work, encourage, cajole, force, threaten uh, our, our, yeah, our very own uh, Bruce Otter to bring back Major Spoilers Adventures. And this was just, I forget how long that went, two years, something, hundred and some strips, so it had to have gone at least two years, um, about the adventures of us at major spoilers. And so uh, Bruce was going in and he was using uh, bit strips before people knew what bit strips was. And before it took over Facebook. Very um, hipster. Yeah, it was very hipster for the time. And people just loved it. Every Friday people would come and find out, Oh, what is Rodrigo going to be ringing his neck for now? What new little piece of, uh, of uh, toy is Matthew going to get from the fictional hamburger restaurant down the street? Why is Steven constantly screaming at Matthew about something? Right. Um, the origin of my catchphrase, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all in there. And you can go back and find most uh, of them. My, my lifelong feud with Karen Grassley of Little House on the Prairie fame. Yeah, you can go and find. I think most of them are still there over at Majorspoilers.com. You have to search around in the archive. I know when we had our uh, big server outage in 2010, we lost some of those. And I know that we put those back for the most part. Um, you can find it under the columns section. Major Spoilers Adventures, still one of my favorite web series that uh, that I've ever read, uh, done by our very own Bruce Otter. Um, I can't believe we were detained in China for four days. I can't (laughs) believe you got a new character design. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I, there's some issues. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be using the bit strips anymore, Um, but we've got to figure out what we can do. And I think I've I've got a solution I just need to push uh, Bruce on that a little bit more, but it's something I would love to see come back. But even if it doesn't, the um, three dollars. Yeah, the uh, 80 some hundred some strips that are up there are definitely worth checking out, especially when we go. He loves coffee and doesn't eat bread. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind when you're trying to. What do we have? We had one hundred and fifteen hundred and fifteen entries for the major spoilers adventures. So there you go. My number four. You can find those over at Majorspoilers.com under the columns section, Major Spoilers Adventures. Not not a plug, I promise you, but truly a comic that I enjoyed. Rodrigo, your number four. My number four is a comic that... Uh, okay, so a lot of the time uh, we will stop reading web comics because they don't update... Mm-hmm. Uh, where they stop updating, something happens to in the creator's life, 
that 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 stops them from updating. Um, my number four, I largely stopped reading because it updated too often. Uh, when when it became clear that there was no possible way that I could read every dinosaur comic uh, mm. ever because there were just too many of them, I kind of gave up on it, although I still like to go back and check. I mean, really, if you're going to have a problem with something, that's that's what you want to have, right? There's too yeah. much of it rather than not enough. Um, you can find uh, dinosaur comics at uh, quants.com, Q-W-A-N-T-Z.com. Um, and um, it is... At times sweet, at times weird, actually frequently weird, but usually pretty funny. You can, a lot of the time, you can see um, things that the author has gotten into um, and will have T-Rex say, um, but usually the um, the, the responses that uh, T-Rex has and that his uh, friends have, uh, Dromesiomimus and Utahraptor, and sometimes God and Satan and some cephalopods and, you know, depending on who's off screen, um, are, are always are always good for, good for a laugh um, in a lot of ways. I mean, T-Rex is kind of a weird, um, like... Um, Kind of, kind of a weird little man child in, in the way that he uh, handles his feelings a lot of the time, um, and but is kind of trying to 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 get himself squared away in a lot of ways because uh, T Rex is clearly very um, educated but has kind of trouble processing emotional stuff. Um, he's he's kind of he, he's kind of an interesting character. From that standpoint, there's clearly things he wants and clear, clearly things that are giving him problems. And he always tries to work them out in usually um, in, in pretty hilarious ways and very frequently gets told off in the process if he's being a jerk. Um, he's always squishing a tiny lady. What's not to love? <laughs> is there a website for that? I'm sorry. Did you uh, say yes. that already? The website is quants, Q-W-A-N-T-Z dot com. I heard you say that. Sorry. That's right. Matthew, yeah. your number, what are we on? Four. 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 My number four is kind of a mixed bag. First of all, don't go there if you are under 18 ever Uh-oh. for any reason because it is not for people who are under 18. Is it slip shot? There are sexual themes and sexual situations, and that is part of the whole schmageggy, if you will. Um, and it, it, it is basically the story of how all the people in, I think, somewhere in Canada are sleeping with other people, and other people are sleeping with other people, but some people are in love with some people, and other people are in love with other people. Wait, wait. Some slow, people are in love down. with other people. Go slower. <laughs> Menage, I say Menage oh, yeah, yeah. Three, yeah, Menage because Trois. it yeah, is yeah. actually it is actually written out as Menage a Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't speak the French. Started out as kind of a weird uh, roommate comic, oh. and mm-hmm. then it evolved into something else. For a while, it was flat out porn. Which, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm over twenty one, and I kind of enjoy it. There's uh, there are sequences that don't really have any reason other than let's show Desiree naked, which. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it's it's something that there's such joy 
in the art. There's, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Stephen, but once they started showing uncovered breasts yeah, in there, kind of lost its she, appeal, didn't it? She actually went back and edited older strips. Oh, really? Interesting. Where they had done the thing to obscure them and put the breasts back in. Yeah. But, it is definitely – I don't think it's for everybody. I'm not sure where it falls on the sexism scale because two of the main characters are in fact female and they feel like you know very realistic female characters to me. Everybody in the entire thing is a perv mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of one stripe or another, which is you know perfectly fine as the story you want to tell. And when it comes down to it, if you are writing a comic that is basically designed to be – sexual in nature, quasi-pornographic, whatever you want to call it, you have to have fun with it. And this is a series that does that. For the longest time, the main character, the central figure, I guess I should say Gary, was this completely nerdy, virginal guy surrounded by women who seemed to be mm-hmm. secretly in love with him. Mm-hmm. And as it changes, it you know the people have grown apart. And I want to say the cast is like 20 people deep now. Mm. So I haven't, I haven't go, read it. I haven't read it in like a long time. They'll go like six weeks of an arc where we're with one set of characters. And apparently there are several spinoffs. One of the spinoffs features a character named Sandra for a while. Uh, last fall, Sandra's comic and Menage a Trois were telling a story that would kind of twist in and out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd see once, so, so you'd see a thing where you see Gary's side of a story, and then you'd see the next comic in the the Sandra on the Rock storyline would be Sandra's side of the same thing, which I felt was just amazing. I love those you know weird tricks that you you play with what you're doing. So mm-hmm. it's it's a fascinating sort of thing, and the art is just gorgeous. Yeah, the art's incredible. So you know if you're over 21, not easily. Uh, bothered by things of a sexual nature or goofy people acting goofy, I would say check it out. Cool. All right. That's uh, menage3.net, the number three. The number three. And speaking of threes, here we are at our number threes. Number three, number three. Uh, mine, uh, n- my number three is one that I think maybe Matthew first mentioned many, many, many years ago, like, oh, five years, six years ago. <laughs> at some point, and I was like, what is this? And I had to go check it out. Maybe it was Rodrigo. I forget. But um, and I really initially wasn't interested in it because the first look is, well, these are freaking stick figures. I don't give a crap about stick figures. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you come back the next day hoping that that was a gag, that they were just doing stick figures to do a stick figure. Uh, but no, that's what it is. It's stick figures doing different things. But when you finally pay attention to each panel or each, you know, basically most days it's a, a single single panel. Uh, sometimes it has sequential art, but it's a web comic about romance, math, language, science, um, lots of sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about XKCD that you can find at XKCD.com, uh, created by Randall Monroe and Matthew likes to go to Snopes anytime someone says, I heard that the Pizza Hut blew up and everyone gets a free trip to Disneyland. Matthew heads over to Snopes. If anyone's talking about Pluto being uh, declassified as a planet, I head over to XKCD because I'm sure there's going to be a comic strip about it that explains everything. And one of the hidden things that I really like about XKCD is you can read the comic and you can go, aha, I get what they're talking about, whatever. The real stuff comes when you do a hover over the image and it'll have an image pop up that goes oftentimes more in depth about what the comic is about. 
Um, so you might want to go do that. Um, but XKCD is a great thing, especially if you're somewhat of a science nerd. I, I guess you don't have to be a science nerd. Um, but it is certainly a charming little comic. And sometimes it gets very serious and deep. Uh, I know um, uh, Randall, when um, his fiance was diagnosed with cancer, um, mm-hmm. stuff got really, really serious over there on uh, on that strip. But um, it, it's a good even, comic. Even when it was serious, though, it was still funny and, and sarcastical. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all stick figures, but there are some reoccurring stick figure characters mm-hmm. uh, that you'll see, especially Black Hat Guy. Black Hat Guy. I, I like him the most. Um, and then, of course, uh, reoccurring female character. Uh, that one's always good. And don't forget beret wearing uh, character. And I think there is um recurring crazy female character. <laughs> but it's all stick figures, so don't expect a whole lot from the art side. Um, well, occasionally well, I should take that back. There are times where he goes into the art and it goes really crazy. Uh, and that's, I think, when it really gets uh, really yes. intense on the art side. Yes. So anyway, uh, my number three xkcd.com Rodrigo. My number three. I'm sorry, we oh, gotta go, go over next. to Rodrigo. No, I go next. Oh, sorry. Rodrigo, go. Oh, okay. I got lost. I'm sorry. Uh, that's alright. Uh, my number three uh, is also a comic made up of stick figures, um, but it is not XKCD. It is, in fact, The Order of the Stick which yes. is not just a comic book about stick figures, but also a comic book about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, specifically, very specifically, Dungeons and Dragons. The characters are characters in are, are player characters in a Dungeons and Dragons game, and they largely talk about the universe that they live in in terms of Dungeons and Dragons rules. So, um, you know, the wizard talks about preparing spells. Um, they discuss the the virtues of fighting in a hex system as opposed to a grid, you know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, there is, there are really complex, involved, and sometimes downright brutal storylines taking place as these characters basically go from joke to joke to joke. Um, Order of the Stick is, in a lot of ways, the 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 comic that I jo- that I judge other comics by. Um, because usually it's firing on all cylinders. Um, it is funny and advances the plot. It has almost no filler pages. I mean, you can, you can argue that certain stories are filler, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't do that thing that a lot of comics do of like, here's just a a picture of the main character just randomly because a, a comic didn't get put together or kind of as a cheat. Like there, there's almost nothing about the order of the stick that feels like a little cheat like that, right? Um, I kind of stopped reading it because uh, Rich Burlew, the guy who does it, got sick um, and stopped updating very often. So I just kind of got out of out of the uh, habit of reading it. But I, I still check in and and usually just um, binge through the archives to catch up but as of right now i'm not caught up so i guess if if it's gone if it's gone down down the toilet since since i last read it i, I have no idea but um order of the stick is definitely one that i look to uh, generally cool. cool matthew what do you have for your number three my number three breaks one of my personal quiet rules of the top five something that most people don't uh, know what the, don't- you're gonna you're gonna say this is a television series we don't 
we don't tell each other what our lists are ahead of time and people are always yeah. like well you guys are awesome and you never have duplication there have on one or two occasions been moments where i have a duplication and i think well maybe i should switch it out maybe i shouldn't i'm not going to do that here i'm not going to tell you whether i have in the past maybe i have maybe i haven't my number three xkcd what and the reason why i love xkcd is the first time i read it I did not understand what he was talking about. So I had to go and figure out what they were talking about. And then what really hooked me was a particular one. And this, this one really resonated with me. Um, the female character mm -hmm. who may or may not be the, one of the regular characters wives yeah. was walking along and she, there was a kid with uh, a tribal tattoo and she's like, oh, I like your tattoo. I only got mine so that they could aim the lasers to better kill the parts of me yes. that were slowly killing me. Yes, yes. Yeah, but, you, you know, your little tribal band is cute, too. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It was, it was funny. It was dark. It was brutal. And I was officially hooked from that point. And for a couple of weeks last year, um, every day they would update with a new frame of what turned out to be a long animation mm -hmm. of the two characters uh, building a uh, building a sandcastle, and it was amazing to the point where it was two or three weeks worth of work, and every day something would happen, and you would try and watch the whole archive of it to figure out what was going to just amazing stuff. He's transcending. The form, the comic form, you know, this Scott McCloud mm -hmm. juxtaposed pictures and images. Yeah. He understands the rules of comic book um, language, for lack of a better word, for the actual breakdown of panels and, and motion better than many people who have been in the industry for years who draw, you know, their web comics, their regular comics, whatever it is. This man is just a master. And I think part of it is because he breaks everything down the same way. He looks like, you know, his mathematical problems. He looks at when they do the jokes about coding that I don't get the computer coding jokes crack me up because I have to go and figure out and do, you know, the little bit of background information to even see what we're talking about. Did you know there's a programming language called Haskell? Uh, that sounds familiar. Yes. Uh, I didn't. It, it always tell, it always compliments you on your cooking and how clean your kitchen is. Gee, Mrs. Cleaver, I really enjoy that random algorithm you have over there. But um, if you have to go, budget some time because you're not going to want to leave X XKCD unless you're one of those people who it just doesn't resonate with you. Yes. At which point you're a terrible person and we can no longer be friends. There you go. That's not true. Most of my friends are terrible people. But yes, oh, XK gee, thanks. XKCD is my number three. All right. We are down to our top two, ladies and gentlemen. Top two. My number two is one that uh, I have long loved ever since it was. Oh, man, this is got to go back to like 2003 or four or something like that. Maybe even. Yeah, I got to be at least wow. 2002 or three. That's a long time ago. Um, it tells the tale of a fictional neighborhood in Minneapolis. We get inter introduced to a young um, Latina who works at a museum as a curator. And before you know it, uh, the uh, God of the Aztec God of uh, what is it? Drunkenness uh, shows up and 
Monica's life turns upside down. Uh, she doesn't move to Bel Air, but she does go on some trippy adventures in time and space and deals with demons and sphinxes and the supernatural. And I forced and I forced these guys to read it once and they all hated it. But I love <laughs> Wapsy Square by uh, uh, Paul Taylor, uh, W-A-P-S-I square dot com. Um, forced us to read 850 pages. I know. And it was well worth it. Um, this is one that I will still check in with a couple of times a month just to see what's going on. And it gets more and more intense. And like Paul or uh, like uh, XKCD, uh, Paul understands how to use the webcomic space to tell your story. Um, originally, there was this story about um, something very terrible and scary was happening. And so instead of taking the normal three panel space that would fit in your 800 by 600 browser uh, window area, he made the strip extra long instead of wrapping it down to another panel. And you had to keep scrolling to the left or I'm sorry, scrolling to the right to see what was going to happen until you got to the big reveal that was way hidden uh, on the page. And it was one of those you know jaw dropping moments that you're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, then there have been times where one of Monica's uh, ghosts or demons talks backwards. And so for a whole week, the whole strip is written backwards. Um, it's, uh, I, I like the art style. Some people don't like it. Uh, I think the story is very in, is very deep. And if you just jump right into it, you're not going to understand a lot of what's going on. Um, but it is, it's a great, uh, web comic series, Wapsy Square at wapsysquare.com by Paul Taylor. My number two. Rodrigo, your number two, please. My number two, um, is a web comic. That what? is also that is also sometimes a physical comic. Mm. Um, it does get printed. A lot of these get get printed into yes. um, mm -hmm. into anthologies mm -hmm. uh, or or something like that. But uh, this comic is actually, as, as a lot of them are, being made to be a standard kind of um, like comic that you'd find at a comic store, like your Supermans or Batmans or Spidermans. And and things like that. So uh, each page is actually the a, a comic book size page. Um, this is the story of three kids who have superpowers, um, and the problems that they get into because of their superpowers and because of trying to sort of fit in into a world that has superheroes, supervillains, and also trying to be normal kids to a certain degree. Um, Minor Acts of Heroism is a comic that I got into because uh, I'm a big fan of Adriana Ferguson's art. Um, she's uh, she plays a uh, trail in Critical Hit. We uh, and writes articles for us for Major Spoilers as well. Um, and uh, the one-two punch of uh, Ferguson Van Dam on this comic is is very <laughs> very intense. Um, the uh, it, the the colors are really well done the the art is really well done and the uh the plot is very interesting the there's there's a sensibility to the to the comic that you don't see in a lot of other comics there's kind of this idea permeating it that like it's okay to be nice to each other which is something that you like you don't see in a lot of superhero comics right now mm -hmm. um it's like you know, friends can be friends and they don't have to, like, have secret kryptonite to kill each other all the time. Um, at least not yet. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is something that that uh, I think uh, would be our, our listeners would be into. Um, my number one complaint about it is that it doesn't update as frequently as I like because it's a single comic book page. Sometimes there's there's like not enough of it per installment, right? Because you have right. splash pages and you have you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, yes, my number two uh, minor acts of heroism. Excellent. And it is a good series. People should go check that out. Uh, Matthew, you're number two. My number two, much like my number one, is awesome and also repeats one of your selections. What? In that my, my number two is the Order of the Stick. And when Rodrigo talks about the order of the stick, Rodrigo, you know, rightfully pointed out the wonderful bit where, you know, all of the characters live in a world where the rules of nature are the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. There's uh, actually one of the T-shirts that they sell in their, their store helps me when we play Critical Hit, one of our other podcasts, in that they have a shirt. You actually get a shirt that says Move Minor Standard mm-hmm. because otherwise I'd never remember. But the order of the stick also appeals to me in my nerdery and my analytical nerdery because it, like, you know, my previous two examples actually takes the bits and pieces, the tropes, the, the building blocks of drama and plays with them in such entertaining ways, in ways that surprise me. Um, when you get to a certain point, in the story, and I don't want to spoiler it because it's amazing. There comes a point where the characters troop into something that should be and feels like and has been set up as a cakewalk mission. And then they walk in and uh, Varsuvius, the mage, looks at a wall and reads a just one message on a wall that not only changes everything, that knocked the breath out of me changes that strip, changes that mission. It changes the tone of the last 50 or 60 strips. Hmm. That one moment is such a kablam, such an amazing transformational moment that you just, you kind of have to go back and reread things that have happened before. Uh, Rich Berlou actually went, uh, Rodrigo had mentioned that he had uh, an extended absence. He apparently sliced his drawing thumb so severely that they thought he was going to not be able to draw anymore. He wasn't sure that he'd be able to finish or come back. But when he came back from his uh, thing, I actually had a, a binge of this recently when I was bored at work. He came back, and not only is he still firing on all cylinders, I think the injury may have added a cylinder or two. Yeah. Because there are some moments uh, that are simply breathtaking. Uh Again, I can't talk about the moments that I want to talk about because they're all wonderful, spoilery blams. And if you go, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's something to where the only storyteller who has who I've personally worked with with this kind of depth is Rodrigo himself. Ah, thanks. Yeah, you know, that's 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 high praise. You're scary, man. That's high praise. (laughs) Are we in the cage? Uh, But (laughs) fascinatingly. If you give me something that is about the swords and sorcery, the high adventure bits and pieces of D&D, I am not necessarily always hooked. And Order of the Stick got me and kept me 
you know, and, and I think the moment that really made me say, I'm going to read this forever was the a sentence. You've been here for six months. And when you get to that sentence, when you're reading it, go read it now, giantitp.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can click on comics. So it's giant in the playground. Really, really an amazing bit of work. And all of the characters look like Fisher Price little people, which, you know, reminds me of my youth in the 70s. So that's that's why, why you know, the order of the stick is my number two. Excellent. All right. Number two. Number two. It is now time for the big number one. <laughs> Our, and I guess I'm going to say our current favorite web comics because, you know, new stuff will pop up that will occupy our time. Uh, old stuff oh, no, may I stick around new stuff, but I'm, uh, I'm 43. I'm allowed to never do new stuff again. My number one wraps all the way back around to my number five in that the gutters uh, pokes fun at the comic book industry. Uh, my number one, our valued customers at our valued customers dot pokes fun at real life conversations that were overheard in a comic book store. And the person goes and draws these, uh, these little people with their word balloons, single panel every day is updated. And I find them extremely funny. Um, for example, uh, so then what's a Cthulhu? Is that just the Cloverfield monster for dicks who read books? Things, (laughs) things overheard in the comic book shop. Um, to her friend, I hate it when I don't have something to be angry about. That's why I mostly only follow people who I hate on Twitter. That's the kind of stuff that he comes up with. These are all collected, uh, obviously. Uh, and you can buy prints of some of these, too, some of your favorite ones. And if you go back in through the archives, there's some some real classics. Um, but I just find this funny because I hear people in my hallway at my real world job say stuff, too, that I'm just like, oh, my God, this would be. <laughs> this would be so funny as a just a strip by itself or I'm going to have to remember that quote or comment because it's so ridiculous or so out there. Um, and I think that's why I like our valued customers. It kind of gives me some balance between digging on the comic industry and then a chance to dig on the people who quote unquote claim they love comics because some of these people. Um, there's one, you know, there's some that people obviously come in and they're like wearing the merchandise that they're talking about. And they're like, oh, I hate this comic. And yet they're wearing the merchandise kind of stuff. So uh, go check it out. I really like it. Ourvaluedcustomers.blogspot.com. Uh, that is my number one. Top that, Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> Rodrigo. Okay. My number one is my number one for a couple of reasons. The first one is that it can at, uh, sometimes simultaneously be incredibly sad and very funny. Mm-hmm. And the second one is that it's over. So I don't have to uh, keep up with it anymore. Um, I'm talking about the Perry Bible Fellowship, mm-hmm. which is a tremendous comic. I mean, it's 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 difficult to describe. It's it plays on um, nostalgia. It plays on familiar things to kind of pull the rug out from under you sometimes with uh, sometimes very severely and angrily, um, but usually in a funny way. Um, there's just, uh, and, and each comic is a standalone comic. There's not a lot of uh, um, follow through in between. Um, and that's, that's also great because each one is like a completely different, uh, situation. Um, there's, 
for example, there's a comic in which a kid bursts into his house and he's like, oh, yeah, dad, you I don't have to listen to you anymore. I got a new cool dad. And like this robot comes in. But then his dad pulls down his glasses and destroys a robot with an eye beam. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the comic. You know, I, I mean, it's it's um, there's one that's like uh, a penguin is reading a book that says any animal can evolve to fly. Then it cuts to it trying to fly. Then it cuts to it like not being there anymore. But then the final panel is uh, a seal that can fly ate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Prairie Bible Fellowship is pretty insane. Always very like the style varies wildly in between comics. So sometimes if you just see one randomly floating around, it's difficult to tell that it's a Prairie Bible Fellowship comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most common thing is you'll see these like kind of Pillsbury Doughboy looking people. Mm-hmm. Um, those those are frequently the 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 focus of it. Um, but in between, like uh, among them, they're not the same person. It's, it's not it's not an ongoing story. Um, if you have not gone to check out the Pre Bible Fellowship, that's at um, pbfcomics.com. Um, you are doing yourself a disservice. You can look through every one of them. I don't think he's doing them anymore. Um, so you can look at through every comic for the Pretty Bible Fellowship that he's put out. Um, and it's pretty fantastic. Excellent. And now, Matthew, let's uh, wrap up this episode with your number one. My number one. A cannoli. My. Yes, a cannoli. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> My number one is actually sort of the comic book equivalent of a cannoli in terms of a web comic that is more than meets the eye. Uh, In that way, it's also like Optimus Prime. But I I often, and there's there's a particular phrase that comes up, and I can tell you the origin of it, but it's sad. It's a reference to something. If you can figure it out, I'll give you 50 cents. Uh, but I often say that something that I didn't like or something that didn't make a lot of sense was like being told a knock-knock joke by a five-year-old. Now I want you to imagine that being the comic. And I think you will have a feel for what it's like to read Axe Cop. Axe Cop. Um, Axe Cop, Cop began, it was written by a five-year-old and drawn by his 29-year-old brother. An axe cop is the story of a cop who was the best cop ever, and one day he found an axe. Axe cop. And he used it to chop off evil guy's head. And his partner was named Flute Cop. He had a flute. And it turns out that they may or may not have been brothers. But it's okay because evil aliens wiped their memories so they didn't know they were brothers, but they both became awesome cops. And he found the perfect fireman axe, you see. Not just any fireman axe, but the perfect fireman acts Stephen. it is perfect and eventually it gets into this entire world of superhumans and superheroes things that happen that are no more or no less uh, ridiculous and inexplicable than your average silver age and or new 52 comic book yeah yeah, yeah that was mean marvel now doesn't make sense either but x cop has the <clears throat> sense of logic that only a five-year-old can apply um, in a recent story, the, there were these two kids, Axe Cop cut their heads off because they were evil, but then he fixed them by duct taping their heads back on, and of course they immediately came back to life, and because he had duct taped their heads back on, they were actually able to grow a second head and become super geniuses. 
because seriously, when you're hurt, what you do is you just cover it up with a Band-Aid and you just walk it off. It's logic that only a child would have. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, there's a cop who has a unicorn horn. He's unicorn cop. Right. Axe cop has a uh, pet Tyrannosaurus Rex with machine guns for arms. His name is Wexler. I'm not sure what that's all about. But <laughs> it's wonderful to see this. He has a friend named Sockerang who has socks instead of arms and they can shoot out and become boomerangs. Sockerang. Come on. Sockerang. No, 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 I... Say it with me. Sockerang. 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 Axcop. Uh, the really weird part is there's now apparently an Axe Cop animated series. Have you watched it? Yeah. I've never I have, watched it. It's, it's really weird because they have, um, oh, what's the guy's name from Parks and Recreation with the big mustache? Mustache Married guy? Ron Swanson. Yeah, Ron Swanson. That's his name. Ron Swanson apparently voices Axe Cop. Interesting. And he does it with this dead pan voice that's so perfect. Nice. But as long as you understand that the stories are going to be weird and convoluted and get more convoluted. And then at the end, it'll probably all be a deus ex machina. Oh, yeah. You got to be fine with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's 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 the distillation of all of these things that we read about in other comics and other stories. Mm-hmm. And one time, all the bad guys left and formed their own bad guy Earth. But Axe Cop blew it up and came back and became president of Earth and had the power to make everybody listen to him. So he made everybody on Earth poop their pants. Yes. <laughs> and then he laughed. Yeah. And people were mad at him, but it was okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, there you have, go. Have you, haven't you wanted to make everybody on Earth poop their pants? Really? Once, once in a while? If you're a five-year-old, I'm sure yes. The answer is yes. And if you're my three-year-old, uh, then the answer is definitely yes. Come on, Stephen. I've I've seen you post about the RWJ. <laughs> there are some people you want to make poop their pants. Oh yeah, it'd be so great. All right, listeners, there you go. Our top five. Now that's you know that's not saying that there aren't runner ups. I mean, Extra Life uh, oh. by Scott Johnson. PVP was on my own, uh, also Rands. Um, you know, you've got uh, Joe and Monkey, which I still find hilarious, even though he never updates his freaking comic. Um, those yeah, are just some I of the ones I've, on my uh, also Rands. On a, another podcast, I think I've I've talked about Dresden Kodak before. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, which is which is a, a really beautiful comic that rarely ever updates. Once once a year or something. Um, yeah, there's also a comic kicking around called Nimona, which is actually pretty funny. Um, you guys should check it out. The main reason why I didn't make it onto my list is because I had like unlike all the other ones, like I quit reading them eventually this one i never started reading but the st- stuff that i've seen of it is actually pretty good excellent any also rans for you there matthew uh, i don't really read all that many web comics man i used to the thing so. is i used to have um back in the days when the readers were really good the rss readers um they would pull up the comics in the rss feed so i could just go to the rss feed and read all the comics in one giant collection every day and i can still do that with some of them um, problem is like the funny papers. Yeah. Just like the funny papers. In fact, I even tried to write my own RSS, uh, reader that would go out to whatever URL I put in and would search for the image and try to display it. It worked up until, I don't know, it worked for a while. And then I discovered the RSS reader was already there. And so I abandoned that project. Um, <laughs> 
you but, were building something that already existed. Yeah, I was building something that already existed for my own needs. Um, but then a lot of the webcomic creators realized that, oh, because so many people are using the RSS feed and my image is being seen by the RSS feed, I'm losing page views to potential right, ads, right. to people reading my commentary about what's going on in my life and so on. And so a lot of people like Scott Kurtz turned his off on on uh, PVP. And I just lost track of them. Penny Arcade guys did the same thing. And I just lost track of a lot of those uh, web comics. So that's a shame. And there are so many great web comics out there. Listeners, this is the part where you come in. You head over to Majorspoilers.com. Uh, while you're over there, you click on that Amazon.com link and you buy something from Amazon. Maybe one of these uh, web comics have been collected in trade. Still same price for you. A little bit comes our way. And then after you do that, you use the comment section for this episode and you share your favorite web comics go into detail tell us why you like them i'm always on the lookout for some new things and fun things to read and um and uh, maybe uh yours will be my new read all over at majorspoilers.com matthew thank you for uh, sharing your top five rodrigo thank you for sharing your top five and listeners i like i said i cannot wait to see what your top five is and i think that wraps it up for this episode that's right that's right the end Because once you've done your list, there's nothing else to talk about. And we'll see you next time. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers.